Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Caterpillar podcast with tonight's guest, Andy the Cupid. Do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Andy the Cupid. I'm a CC on EU, obviously for World of Warships. Um, been playing the game since, not since beta, but six and a half years now. So uh, I lost my job probably two and a half years ago and was at a loose end. So COVID was here, no prospects of work. So streaming was all, is tidying me through. No, no thought that it would come to the point where it's actually now my living, but there's where we're at. So it's working well. At least I'm home every night. It's funny how it can sneak up on you. I, I actually kind of started off doing YouTube many years ago in a kind of a similar situation. I was uh, uh, let go from my position because they didn't have the funding for it anymore, um, which is always the parallel of working in uh, the charity sector. Uh, but yeah, I was doing just started doing YouTube as a hobby, and then it got to the point where I was like, oh, maybe I can actually make some money doing this. And here I am. So Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar apart from the COVID part. Yeah, it was already March 20, I was at work, and then, yeah, there's not much call down in Gloucestershire for uh, offshore rig workers, so, you know, it is what it is. Indeed. So, um, yeah, we actually have, uh, it, it's been a bit of a slow, what, like, because we didn't, we weren't here last week, uh, so we've got two weeks worth, but it's not that much in terms of, like, the number, but I suppose there is a sort of reasonably substantial quantity of things to talk about uh and there also might be some ranting in this one <laughs> some of it will involve submarines uh, um, so yeah we're we're actually going to start off with balance changes on the 11.8 public test so these i don't know if these are finalized exactly but these are i guess likely to come through to the the uh the the next patch which, which isn't that far away it's what a week and a bit Probably oh, less than at this less point. Than that. Maybe maybe Wednesday, Thursday next week. Yeah, I forgot what date was temporarily there for a moment. Um, so uh, yeah, they've actually uh, started off by nerfing a bit. The uh, in, in my eyes, the most fun of the Italian destroyers, that being the Tier Five and the Tier Six. Uh, so both of them are getting reduced torpedo damage, uh, increased torpedo reload, and an increased main battery reload. Uh, so I don't know if they were performing a bit too well, but I mean, they're probably still going to be okay down at those tiers just because you can get away with things more in the mid tiers. Uh, I, I still don't enjoy the high tier talents that much. Um, maybe they're underperforming because the Adriatico at tier nine is actually getting a slight buff to its reload, uh, going from six to 5.7 seconds. So not much of one, but, uh, it's, it's something. I'm curious why they only buffed the tier 9, because I felt like up to tier 7, the Italians are fine and fun, and then tier 8, they, they fall off because the concealment gets so bad that you can't get mm. away with what you do at lower tiers. And, like, I don't remember the tier 9 being worse than the tier 8 or the tier 10, I think, but uh, I feel like the higher tiers could use a slight concealment buff. But, you know, they, yeah. they give you a slight reload on the tier 9. I don't think it will make the world of a difference. Yeah, it, yeah it's, I'm surprised. Sorry, sorry, I'm surprised they left the tier four alone completely because that's a rival for the Clemson in terms of smashing things around a tier four. 
I mean, they might get around to it eventually. I don't know. Maybe not enough people are playing it at the moment because we we know from past balancing things that how many people are playing a, a given ship is certainly a factor in how they prioritize balancing things. Sure. It, yeah. it may just be a symptom of not enough people playing low tiers generally for it to be a yeah, priority. I agree, they, I agree that they, they get trickier to play as they go further up the tech tree yeah, comparatively to other ships. It, 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 it definitely gets easier to run into circumstances where you can feel completely hamstrung. Uh, yeah, so then, was... uh, unless you have mods, sir. No, I think it's yeah, no, no, we're good. All right. Um, so uh, then we have uh, a sort of blanket um, buff, I guess. Well, it is for, for the entire side branch going up to the Elbing of the uh, the German artillery destroyers. Um, not a huge one in terms of the damage. The HE shells going from 1,700 to 1,800, which bear in mind that's the max damage. That's if you manage to get an HE Citadel on someone, essentially. Uh, but the fire chance is actually jumping by 4%, so that's probably the most substantial part of that. And um, that that might help them out a bit. Um, but they're still, they're again, not the most popular line. But I think they've found a bit more of a place overall. Um, I, I've, I've definitely seen more uh, of the, the, the higher-tiered German, like, you know, Schultz and Elbing, as opposed to... Uh, um, things like Adriatico, uh, and obviously the Italians are the newer line, but I, I think there's more of a uh, a solid play style to get you, you know, to get a grip on. Um, the Italians are sort of very much, they can be very much at the mercy of the matchmaker, whereas uh, they're, they're not necessarily great, the Germans, but I feel like, you know, sit in smoke and try and nibble away at things with your very nasty armor piercing is is something that most people can get their heads around. Yeah, I see. I still rare. I see a few, but they're compared to a lot of the others. I don't see that many, and I think it's probably because they're not really destroyers. They are, yes, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're they don't more like, fit the traditional like cruisers. And if you're the only destroyer and you're in one of them, your team's got a problem. Yes, you can have a problem. I think we had uh, oh, there was a, a one we did way way back. I mean, we're, we're over. 50 editions of this now, but there's one we did way back where we uh, sort of uh, theorycrafted a bit about possible kind of uh, subdivisions of classes. And I think the uh, the, the, the German uh, uh, gunboats kind of fell into that because it'd be nice if you could get things placed against, you know, an opposite number that's roughly in the same role. Mm. But, you know, if you're in an Elbing and the enemy team's got a Shimikaze... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you're the only destroyer on your respective team. Um, they're probably going to have a far easier time of it than you potentially. Just yeah, I've that. seen that a few times in. I've seen that a few times recently in ranked, where you end up on a team with the only DD on your team is an Elbing, and it's a Smaland or a Ragno on the other side, and it's yeah, it's one sided. Definitely, yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think ranked is... will make even more more of a difference. Elbing is one of those destroyers where if you like you have like in random battle you have four or five destroyers in your team and you have an Elbing on your side, that's pretty good because you know it's basically like a cruiser and maybe you don't need that many destroyers in the first place. So that then it sh really shines. But if you are like down to one or two destroyers and one of them is an Elbing and maybe the other one then is a French and you're like 
Well, this is gonna get tricky. Or of course in yeah. standard battles, because you know if you don't have caps to contest, then the helping always increases in value. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But sadly you don't you don't get any uh advance uh anything about what kind of battle <laughs> you're gonna be in until you're actually in it, so yeah. I, I like them. I like the Elvin. I think it's a strong ship, and this this will probably. I might play it a little more if it's going to do a bit more damage. It would be. Um, I, I mean, this is, it's, I, I don't see how it would work in quite the same way, but it would be nice if, if you have the sort of War Thunder lineup of, of, even if you're only picking one ship out of the potential ships you've got lined up. To uh, to best suit a situation, and you could you, know, you could know you're the only destroyers, so therefore don't take the Elbing this time. But uh, I don't think we'll have, ever have anything quite that complicated in the game, sadly. Um, but yeah, the fire chance, though. I mean, we think of them as being very AP based, and they are. But uh, I guess now they have um, slightly better tools against angled enemy destroyers, and also if you're trying to get some ticking damage, obviously the HE is the way to do that. Yeah, with with twelve percent fire chance, if you with signals thirteen percent, you could really annoy some battleships. Potentially, yeah, you, and you're, there's you're, a lot of expert as well. So, sit and really annoy some battleships. It is getting into a pretty decent uh, fire chance range for a destroyer. Obviously, offset by the fact it's on a slower rate of fire, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Silivangi at. Tier 8, which are not the most popular premium. Um, it's actually, it's not terrible, and it has had buffs before, but it's one of those ones that's just kind of consistently underperformed. And so here we're having yet another buff, uh, with the main battery reload going from 5 to 4.8 seconds, and the top reloads going from, uh, what's that, 2 minutes and 8 seconds to flat 2 minutes. Uh, now, the Silly Vangie, is that the one that has 100mm guns? Uh, no. Or is that the one that has the the Ogneboy guns? You're thinking the about the Fenyang. The Silly Wangi is... Yeah, the, the Silly Wangi, it has hydro, it has smoke, it has deep water torpedoes. It it has a sort of interesting package, but just, you know, not enough. Like, the gun DPM is pretty bad, the torpedo DPM is not that great. It, like, it has all the tools combined, but it's just always slightly lacking of it. So I, yeah, I like to see those buffs. It's 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 not it's not terrible, and the hydro on it, I think, if I remember correctly, is comparable to the low yang. But the low yang is just generally all round the more capable ship. Um, if nothing else, it can torpedo other destroyers, which is always a bonus. So uh, yeah, a buff to that is is certainly useful. Um, I, I think you have less. I think low yang gets five point five hydro, and you only have five. But I'm could no, be mistaken. Five point five. I've just opened it up. Five point five oh. on the Silwangi. Yeah, I, I, I had a memory of it being the same hydro as, as the Lo Yang's hydro. Yeah, 110 seconds of 5.5. Okay. But to tell you, to tell a story about it is I haven't even fitted upgrades on it. So <laughs> it's just sat there kind of making yeah, it. Played it. I, I, must, I played it I a little bit, a but not, not much. There are usually other things if I want to. Uh, have fun in a tier 8 destroyer. Even a tier 8 premium destroyer, there are certainly better options. Then, um, next yeah. up, the Udaloy has been nerfed? Yeah, now this, I, I have the Udaloy, but I haven't really played it that much, so 
yeah, the stock hull detectability is being um, unified, so it's the same as the upgraded hull. And I guess maybe they, they looked at their data and saw a lot of people were just riding around with the stock hull for the increased concealment and went, that's not how you're supposed to play the Oodaloy. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, and it's also losing um, some stealth from its smoke firing capability. So overall, uh, they're just making it less stealthy, which is, um, yeah, yeah, I don't I know. Mean, I, 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 3.6 smoke firing penalty. If I was in the Oodle and I'm 3.6 kilometers of anything, I'm going to be reasonably worried. Yeah, anyway, I think so. that's, that, that part's <laughs> not such a big change. I'm, I'm guessing yeah. the there's probably some hardcore Oodaloy players out there that are going to be super upset that they're losing their better stealth stock hull. Um, oh, but I mean, I mean it, it may just have been because that's an uncommon thing. I don't, I can't offhand think of any other ships that have different surface detections on their different hulls. So uh, I, it, it may just be an anomaly from an earlier time that they've sort of belatedly noticed and gone, oh, let's make that, you know, unified. Or maybe it was overperforming for what they wanted from it. I don't know. We never really get any reasons why they do things from these uh, these notes. Beware the uh, nerf stop that makes people upgrade the guns on the Megami then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I remember back when they gave that, the, the, the 155s had like, you know, 45 second turret traverse and they were really yeah. trying to get people not to use them. Yes. <laughs> Those were the days. Um, so then we're on to some uh, Pan-Asian cruisers. And interestingly, Harbin's getting a uh, repair party, which is unusual for a Tier 8 Tech Tree cruiser. There's not many. Yeah, uh, I mean, I it's very squishy, so yeah, it's definitely a nice choice. It, its survivability was obviously poor enough that uh, they decided that rather than do anything else, they were just going to straight up give it a heal. Uh, and I think outside of premiums, uh, is there anything else other than British cruisers that has a heel? Uh, oh, Sherbog. Sherbog has a heel. The Dutch, that, I think. Yeah, that that's sort of halfway between a cruiser and a a battle cruiser, really. Kind of. <laughs> it's a very, very heavy cruiser. Yeah, the Dutch, I think, have a heel too, Tyrone. Harlem. Uh, yes, you're right. I just, <laughs> I've neglected that line so much. I just, <laughs> I really don't play it. I had totally forgotten that. So, yeah. Harlem and Sherborg both have, uh, yeah. So it, it, yeah. it joins a fairly uh, elite club. And then the Jinan. Yeah. yeah. Jinan yeah. uh, is getting a buff from. Uh, they're already quite fast, 3.5 to 3.2 seconds reload. Um, so again, I'm guessing this was um, a sort of uh, kind of survivability, as in, you know, that it wasn't doing enough damage while it was surviving. So instead of, like, buffing the heal or buffing concealment or something like that, they've buffed the firepower a bit. I mean, Chinan, you have to keep in mind, has, like, very... Um... Low gun caliber, so it can't really pen anything, so it relies mm. heavily on, on just starting fires and shell volume for that. And it, the deep, Chinyan has always been, I feel like, a ship where you need to make the deep water drops work because you're relatively good ones, or you're gonna suffer. And I guess they just decided that 
they want to make you a bit more consistent and give you more gunpower. It's interesting that they buffed that rather than the, the fire chance or something like HE pain. I mean, uh, maybe it, it's maybe. The, the best parameter for, for what they want to achieve. Possibly. I mean, I don't, I don't offhand know how the DPM compares to other tier 10 light cruisers, but... Uh, I mean, the, yeah, the, the, um, DPM figures are always kind of, you know, followed uh, by a string of asterisks. It's another line that I've really struggled with, to be fair, and don't really touch it very much. Jinan, I want to love, but I take it. It's a playstyle that it's brilliant if things are pushing you, but or if the flank's pushing you, but if you've got to start chasing stuff and trying to make plays, you've got to be really on your game, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a very unforgiving line. Potentially, like it's one of those ones where I mean, most of the light cruiser lines are, but uh, especially those you you can uh, get dunked on so quickly if you're not very, very careful. Yeah, and I feel like really Chinan lives and dies with how good it can use its torpedoes. Right, I don't think I've ever had a good Chinan game where I didn't torp something. And in order to torp yeah, something, you almost need like the enemy ships to push you. And that's where I struggle with it. You can have, you can have like a 200k game if the battleships are all pushing a flank, and you can have a 5k game if you've got to go and chase. You because know, the the shells do no damage, and if you don't start uh, backup fire or repeat fires, you're going to get nothing. Yeah, and yeah, and if, if people are in position to disengage or um, put the fire out or whatever, then yeah, it can kind of thing that can really stymie you. Um, so then we have Marlborough. Oh, which... you skipped the Leander. Oh, we did skip the Leander. Oh, yes, I've jumped over. Um, possibly <laughs> this will be one of the more controversial ones because I think Leander is a pretty popular tier six still. And um, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe this is more popularity that they're trying to slightly nudge down rather than overperformance, but maybe it is just overperforming a bit as well. So, yeah, it's getting a half-second reload to... Uh, a half-second nerf to its reload. Uh, the torpedo reload is uh, going up on the researchable torp tubes, uh, but it's actually dropping slightly on the stock torpedo tubes, which are, like, six kilometers, seven kilometers, something like that. Uh, it'll be seven kilometers if it's the same ones as... Uh, emerald or is emerald date now it's so hard keeping track of all of the numbers um yeah emerald seven kilometers dock uh leander seven kilometers yeah yeah so uh they've made those a bit faster reload but it's still it's not going to be enough to make a huge difference uh, i don't think yeah. i think people will be feeling the the the, the gun reload difference a lot more because half a second is enough to be noticeable I think, for most players. I mean, I'm not playing that much tier 6. I haven't felt like the Leander was overperforming, but I don't know. I feel like there might have been more uh, concerning ships in this game than the Leander. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I mean it, it might be sort of what I was saying earlier on about the, uh, uh, the, the Mr. Ali and the Aviary is that you can get away with more things at that tier, so... Like in a Leander, you can do things that you wouldn't be able to get away with in a, an Edinburgh or a Neptune. Yeah, Leander's probably one of my go-to tier six ship, you know, cruisers. 
So, you know, you, you're in a division, it's going to be tier six. You're the cruiser, what are you going to take? And Leander is one of the two or three that immediately would be on the list of ones I'd, I'd jump to. Probably until Dido came along, and then it's Dido, which I think I'd do much better in. Yeah, Dido, so, Dido can be fun. But yeah, it's definitely one of my go-to tier six cruisers. So, so there you go. You, you're doing too well in it. You're the reason it got nerfed. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> do that well in it. I just enjoy playing it. <laughs> Can't have fun in this game. That's not allowed. Sorry. Uh, so then we get right. to the Barbara. I was trying to get ahead of myself earlier. And uh, that's actually getting a slight buff. And uh, if you remember the Marlboro, it was a dockyard ship. Uh, it has a lot of 14-inch guns. And uh, it, it's a bit of a shotgun. So they've decided to make it very marginally less of a shotgun by going from 1.4 to 1.45 Sigma. So probably not going to be noticeable for most people, but it will presumably nudge the, the average damage stats up a bit. It's a very conservative buff. Let's put it like this. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would certainly take um, slightly better accuracy overall than. It, it, I mean, if they pushed the HE up to the the same level as the the King George the Fifth's high explosive, for instance, uh, I don't think anyone would be particularly keen to see that at tier nine, or certainly no one would be keen to be on the receiving end of it, having that many barrels of. Uh, very very nasty uh, British high explosive coming at you, and it's still pretty respectable. It's just not quite as good as the KGV. Uh, so yeah, yeah, again, it's another ship I, I I play very rarely. And when you look at all the tier nine battleships, it doesn't. It's not one that jumps out and thinks that's that's the one I'll go to for you know. Yeah, uh, it, it it like aside from its barrel count, I mean, it's it's literally only got repair party and damage control and uh it, it, it's not particularly remarkable i mean it, it's the perfect dockyard ship in a way <laughs> like some of them have been quite good but there's probably been more of them that have been quite forgettable and Valbro definitely falls into the forgettable category yeah i'm not sure if i've seen one in weeks i i think i've seen one relatively recently but yeah it, it's it's uncommon but again, uh, so, as we said before, some of these buffs and nerfs are not necessarily down to performance, but more how it can perform. But popularity might be part of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know if that is. I don't know if people are going to see that buff and go, "Oh, I must play my Marlboro <laughs> again." I bet it's a sniper now. No, but they they did going back to was it the Zaya they were talking about and other ones that they're going to they're now very much focused on. You know, small incremental changes and st yes. stats, and then they're not taking sledgehammer. Well, we do see it occasionally, but uh, they don't. There's no the sledgehammer to to things as much as there perhaps used to be. Which I think has been overall quite a good approach. I mean, we still sometimes see very small buffs to things that sort of make out make us scratch our heads, kind of thing. But um, yeah, I think overall uh, the game is probably better for them taking the more incremental approach, even if it's less kind of headline worthy than some of the the big sweeping changes that they've made in past years. Yeah, and the thing to remember is, you, you, the, obviously, we don't see the numbers, but 
you can't balance something on what the super unicum player can do in it and you don't balance it on what the you know the very low ability player does in it it's it's that whole gamut of the ship across the whole uh, spectrum of the stats isn't it so we don't see those numbers so no they've they've, they've kind of given some examples in the past uh, of of um like CC conferences and things like of like how they kind of weight their data. Um, so you know that that kind of stuff is out there for the real hardcore data nerds if they want to go and uh, yeah, I'm not uh, one of them. <laughs> have have a look, see at how wargaming has, has explained it in the past. You know, it might not necessarily hundred percent hold true anymore, but um, yeah, uh, it, it's uh, it's definitely a better approach. And uh, talking of smallish changes, well, actually, this one's maybe a little more substantial. Uh, the champagne is getting a uh, was it eight thousand and change? Eight thousand three hundred. So that's that's like uh, like two regular pens worth of uh, hit points. But I think that's probably welcome for the champagne. It, it's one of the squashier ships at tier eight. It's it's one of those few that's uh that that's still only got the 25 millimeter bow and most other people have got what 27 so they don't they can't be overmatched uh, or 32 in fact so they can't be overmatched by anything under kind of like yamato 18 inch caliber uh so you know that that still can be as uh as tier sevens can i think the zetons now under that 25 mil or zetons 27 Okay, so um, but squashy, uh, so a, a bit more health makes sense if they wanted to nudge its survivability up a bit. If I, I'm not much of a battleship player, but if I remember, Champagne's designed to be a sniper. Is that the sort yeah? Of it's it's got I think the battle cruiser dispersion curve. So you've only got six uh, six barrels, two turrets, I think fifteen inch guns. So you don't have uh, oh no, they're sixteen inch guns. Um, so you don't have any like crazy overmatch with those, but they they are they are pretty accurate, and uh, it's actually a ship I quite like to play. But it's it's uh, I mean it's kind of like the constellation. You get somebody on the enemy team that knows you're a very squashy ship and decides to just focus you, especially if you're down tiered. Uh, it can be very very tricky to deal with. Yeah, it's, sure. Uh, it's also not super stealthy. It's not not a lighthouse, but. Uh, it's not sort of uh, British battleship stealthy, that's for sure. I mean, now imagine if they gave Odin or some more hit points, like a ship that's actually supposed to be in the front. <laughs> yeah, I think that o- Odin could definitely benefit from that a bit. Um, but I, maybe Champagne's... I, I mean, it must have been the survivability stats they were looking at, because uh, I don't see... I don't think they've touched Borodino in a while. That's the other squashy battlecruiser dispersion tier 8 premium. Uh, with its all forward turrets, and um, yeah, I think that one still performs perfectly well. But again, very easy to do uh, lots of damage to. Um, that's actually got yeah, that's got more hit points than the revised hit points to the champagne will have. So I suppose that's why they're not looking at. I that mean, for fifty-two now. is very low for a eight battleship. It, it's it also is. pretty low yeah. for a tier seven, right? The only thing that's that bad hit points wise, I think, is the Odin. So now Odin probably stands alone in that regard. I think, yeah, I think Odin will be the the lowest hit point battleship now after this buff. 
Yeah, then, it's it's a, it's a fair fair buff, I think. Probably. I haven't really seen any champagnes that made me think like they 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 are too strong. Let's put it like this. Or more likely, I haven't seen any champagnes. It's true. <laughs> So, I do take I do take mine out occasionally, but I think I prefer yeah. the Borodino overall. Just the the radar can be very very useful. Although of course Champagne's got the speed boost, so occasionally that's useful as well. Yeah. Uh, so then we come on to some carrier nerfs, which will probably please some people. <laughs> Just any nerf yes. to a carrier is is good, I suppose. So uh, Ryujo is getting a torpedo damage nerf, and that is the absolute strength of the Ryusho, so this is probably reasonably significant. It's losing five, uh, nearly 500 hit points of its maximum torpedo damage, and less significant, the flooding chance is going down from 36 to 34%. So yeah, it's really the damage that's the, the significant number there, because... Um... So Ryusho drops two tops per... Yes. Drop, is it? Yeah, I, I think mean, the only, only one that does three per flight is Arc Royal. And then, of course, there's the the uh, the, the Russian one, which does the whole lot at once. Uh, and alongside that, Bjorn is uh, getting uh, a nerf to its skip bombers. So the HE damage is going down by 300, and... Again, the fire chance is going down by 2%. And again, that is the main offensive strength of the uh, of the BN is the, the HE skip bombers. Yeah, the AP bombers are kind, of, they're kind of naff compared to the Japanese ones. It's interesting that that's getting nerfed relatively soon after coming out, though. That was only earlier this year that came out, so... Yeah, uh, wait, isn't Bayan like about? Uh, isn't it around? Has it been around for a year or so? Is it then that long already? I remember chatting about it with Drac, and I thought, well, that must have been earlier this year, but maybe it's longer than that. I'm curious. It's one of those ones that kind of sprang on us and was like, "Oh, by the way, here's a premium," and it just kind of popped up for sale on the website without any forewarning. Okay, the December last year. Okay, all right, so only just last year. Yeah, didn't you it, do a section of a podcast with Drac regarding that? I seem to recall listening to it. Yes, yeah, he had a chat about the, the career as an aircraft carrier, which was actually very short, and then it had a much longer career as an aircraft ferry, essentially. Yes, yeah, that's right. So, you know, if anyone wants to go back and listen to that one, it was very interesting, I'm sure. Well, it would have been interesting because we had Drac, so... <laughs> Those ones are always good. Speaking uh, about last... good things, the United yes. States is getting nerfed. Well, I mean, it's a 10 seconds longer reload on, on the tactical top, but it's a nerf. So again, a nudge. Yeah. Um, and the last thing on this page is that they are unifying... Now, this is maybe a little unclear with the inf- like what they're doing here exactly, but the uh, depth charge airstrike uh, sort of uh, damage and number of uses and all that is being unified for all cruisers and battleships. Uh, so they've, they've given up on the idea of doing individual sort of per ship balancing and they're just balancing by tier instead. 
and I think it's a downgrade. I think we established that. Um, keep in mind, there are first of all, they are not saying anything about the range, so the range will still be different on different ships. Yes, yeah, and the range, I guess, is staying the same as whatever it is. They, they are on. not giving us some crucial information, and that's, for example, the the area in which the depth charts drop, because they basically they they increased the, the damage, I think, per depth charge a little bit, but there are less charges dropped which means that overall you should do less damage. It could also be that it's just concentrated on a smaller area, which would make it harder to hit the submarine. So let, let's just say it looks like it's a nerf to anti-submarine warfare, but without seeing all the relevant data, we can't actually be sure. But based yeah, on Wargaming's bit... history, I'm pretty sure it's a nerf to anti-submarine warfare. Yeah, they're a bit scant on the details. But, you know, carriers will have automatic ASW, so everyone just has to play <laughs> carriers now. Just everybody War. queuing carriers. That that's what Wargaming wants. It's carriers and submarines. That's their ultimate end goal. Don't need any other classes of ships, just carriers and subs. <laughs> oh no, they need food. Like those those that, ships need need food on Is that a bit stuff. snarky? That's fine, we'll just bung in some bots. <laughs> but uh, we'll so... we'll have more about subs later anyway. Oh, yes, yes, we do still have submarines to discuss as a, a central, you know, I mean, theme. I mean, the next dev block would be ship restrictions for clan battles, which is very short. It's basically just, you know, as you would expect, French destroyers limited and uh, Soviet battleships banned. Everybody is shocked and surprised. And then we can already go to like the major death block, the Halloween operation, wolf pack, person challenges, and well, basically a lot of news. Yeah, this this one's actually uh, I I'd, I'd missed this one until we really just about started the podcast, and um, yeah, so basically uh, we're getting a repeat of uh, the previous year's Halloween operations for the uh, well, it'll be. From around mid-October, they generally lead in from about mid-October with sort of the amount of ops that we have now going. So Saving Transylvania, Sunray in the Darkness. Um, there's also going to be the Twilight Battle battle mode. And uh, they are uh, doing some, there's been some minor visual reworks apparently. Uh, but they're doing Saving Transylvania as the operation of the week, the first week, and then Sunray. The second week, and this is all going to be in the uh, the updated operations system. So, uh, I'm I'm guessing it will just show up more often, or if it'll be a specific thing you can click on, it's not actually entirely clear. Because, of course, with the next patch, we are going to the um, essentially random rotation of operations. So, I'm, I'm guessing in order for it to not just be random, they're doing something to you know make sure you get the Halloween operation if you want to play it. See, that's that's actually the bit of the confusing part because, as you've said, like with with the the next patch, they said that they're gonna have like all operations basically at the same time, and you just queue for them like with random battles, and you get a random one. And here they are saying again that there will be an operation of the week. So the new operation system is only online for one patch, it looks like, and then go back to their old system. And interestingly, I mean, like the. F- the first week they'll have Saving Transylvania. The second week they'll have Sunray Darkness, and then yeah. Next two weeks, they'll actually have Wolfpack. It, it is a bit confusing. As I said, throughout version 11.9, they'll be available for completion in divisions. 
Uh, they'll only be available to do in normal difficulty. Standard operations will only be available during 11.94 divisions. So uh, I guess that means that queuing in the random... No, no, uh, look, look, when you look at the, uh, at the top of it, okay. Operation Saving Transylvania will be, available, will be available as Operation of the Week in the first week. Yeah, but how, how I'm reading this, in the I, think, second. I think this is maybe just poorly translated, but um, where it says standard operations will only be available during 11.94 divisions, perhaps that means you'll only be able to queue up in a full division to get other operations. Yeah, yeah, like, than... like it used to be, right? If you just yeah. press play, yeah. you get the Operation of the Week. So I I guess that's how they're doing it. Okay, right. It's it's just worded slightly confusingly, I think. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's it confused me, but I'm easily confused. I guess PTS for this will be up in a couple of weeks once the new patch is up and we'll get a play around with it and see how it goes. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, they, they just have the new operation system for one patch, it looks like, and then they're going back to the old system where you have one operation as operation of the week and all the other ones are available for pre-made teams. Yeah, I guess, yes, yes. Now that, okay, my brain's caught up. So yes, yes, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, it, maybe they just are planning on only doing that for Halloween and um, I don't know what other events do they I do. So I hope this is just a return to that system for Halloween, and then yeah. we go back to the system that, they're going to introduce next patch. Because there's a lot of people looking forward to the new operations system. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's been certainly one of the more positive announcements that they've made recently. Of, you know, finally, we're, we're getting some return after, like, literally years of people wailing and gnashing their teeth at this point. Including uh, some quite prominent ones like TC Freer. Absolutely. And I mean, the, the interesting note is also that there is going to be a new operation and it's going to be something that a lot of people have commented on should be a, uh, what submarines are used for, right? There's going to be an actual submarine operation where you hunt a convoy. Indeed, uh, an actual mode built around playing submarines where it's all balanced around playing submarines, like the very, very original introduction of submarines into the game, which has so far been the only positive thing that uh, anyone's ever associated with submarines in World of Warships. So it's taken them this long to go, oh, yeah, maybe we should do that. But, um, and not least, it has been a very good place to learn to play submarines. Yeah, I mean, potentially, but playing against bots is not necessarily like playing around the uh, the um, the goals of a of an operation is 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 not necessarily that yeah. similar but, to playing a random yeah. game but at least it will get you familiar with how the submarines operate exactly how the actual mechanics. especially especially given that the way submarines operate is changing with every patch and we're, you know are almost impossible well if you don't pay attention like i don't it's almost impossible to understand how submarines operate if you're not you know keeping up to speed with the constant changes to them they must be finished because they're putting a new line out and they're, you know, looking at doing premiums. And... <laughs> Sorry, was that a bit snarky? Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's probably a statement of fact. I mean, that, that they release a new tech tree line before declaring them finished is, uh... yeah. Yeah. Fine. 
Fuck, we're not mad at all. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it, I think it's, it's interesting to see that, and it'll be interesting to try, and it might even be fun. Because, you know, you're not having to worry about ruining anyone's day because it's just bots. And it's also going to be something that has some actual historical relevance to how submarines were used, which World of Warships almost completely doesn't at the moment, certainly in random games. Uh, like e Even looking at the arcade nature of the game overall, subs bear almost no relation to how real life subs were used uh so uh yeah but that that's 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 a rant we've been on before so maybe not let, let's not completely repeat <laughs> things we've been over in the past that haven't really changed but uh yeah if it's well done though it could be fun yeah i'll, I'll probably give it a go much better than giving subs ago in randoms yeah, I mean, I haven't Indeed. played a sub in months, and with with this, I'll at least once be a sub again. Let's put it like that. Yeah, I, I play subs about once a month. I do a community ch channel points challenge. If the community can raise, this time it's two million channel points in <laughs> in a month. I'll play four hours of a combination of subs and CVs. And I'll be a disaster, and it makes great entertainment because repeated zero damage games are comedy value. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes we do do these things to ourselves in the name of entertainment. Yeah, and I still, I mean, I just, I think after two hours of playing subs, I just about figured out how they work, and then I won't touch them again for a month or six weeks or two months, and then <laughs> I won't know how they work when I touch them again. Sounds about at right. Least, at least with the you know convoy type thing, I think you, you say it's it's a bit more historically relevant and yeah, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? It's you don't worry about letting a team down, or you just have a bit of fun. Indeed, I'm, I'm I mean, sure people will still find a way to be salty though. <laughs> it's World of Warships, of course they will. I mean, I wonder how how they they gonna design this. If the idea is that you sink the escorts, or if the idea is that you sneak past the escorts and then just hunt the convoys and avoid them. I mean, there's a lot of different ways how they uh, could do it. The objective is to break through the escort screen groups and destroy the transports before they reach their destination. So, I guess that's the. Uh, yeah, but the question w. is like break through the the. the Yes, court. Does this mean sinking them, or does this just mean sneaking oh, past them? Or is both like a possibility? I mean, I could just make the escort group so strong that you can't possibly like take them all out, right? And you have to be sneaky about it. Who yeah, knows? Well, we'll, be, we'll be able to see right from the start of the eleven point nine patch, though, because uh, it'll be available for divisions from the start of the patch, so people will be able to jump in right away. And not have to wait for it to be operation of the week. It's probably, you know, the first, it'll be, you know, an excuse to get back into subs, and it'll be the first time I've played subs in probably months and months by the time we get around to that. Uh, so, personal challenges, moving on, personal challenges are uh, going to be coming back, um, which is going to, I mean, it's very brief, but. Uh, uh, the first two weeks after in ribbons, and the second two weeks will be base XP as before. 
and they're saying in the future they'll sort of diversify the conditions for meeting personal challenges, such as damage dealt. So expect to see a bit more variety. And it'll be nice not to just have it be base XP, because base XP can be a bit grindy. Yeah, I like the, I like things like the personal challenges. They give a bit of focus to gameplay. And, yeah. And, you know, I yeah, like so it. Sometimes you don't really know what you want to play, and then you look at the list of missions and challenges and think, oh, yeah, okay, let's let's do some destroyer games or jump yeah, in and do some like cruiser it. games. Yeah, yeah. So then we come on to uh, some changes to submarine pings and uh, some other sort of iconography changes. I mean, basically, uh, they, they, uh, they are doing what, you know, Uh, what what people have been asking for, they're giving us their old ping. They ought by having both ping systems now, right? You see the ping mm-hmm. racing across the water and you see see the water thing. Yeah, because at the moment you just kind of see the... You hear the noise, you see the highlighted section of your ship, but you're not seeing the ping traveling across the water, uh, which is, again, a thing that they, they, you know, they've done before and now they're going back to that because submarines are totally, you know ready and the mechanics are all settled and <laughs> ready to go and yep uh yeah, so, the, thing, um, the thing it's going to be i think slightly strange at the moment that splash or the you know, bit of foam on the sea when it pings is what is it one or two it's within one or two kilometers i mean you can yeah it's not on top it's, it's, it's ahead and, of the yeah if it starts being sort of randomly around and the ping is coming from somewhere that isn't quite in line with it, it's going to start looking really odd. It will, but at least I guess the ping gives you much more accurate directional information and then you have the yeah. rough uh, sort of placement along it, that where the, the submarine actually help. is. It will definitely help. If it will help enough, it's another matter. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. But I, I mean, I mean it, it doesn't really mean much for, like, this is purely going to help. Um, well, it's much more going to help ships with uh, airdropped ASW rather than like destroyers are still going to have the usual problem of well now I have to sprint several kilometers over that way and oh I might get spotted doing it and obliterated by the enemy team before I can get there. So I mean, what it will yeah. help a lot with is with the racing ping. You can see a lot more if the ping is coming for somebody else because right now if you aren't the one getting pinged by the submarine, you aren't going to notice that foam. There's no way, right? But if you see that ping race across. Like and, and hit the ship next to you, you're going to notice. So you're going to be alerted that there's a sub and you can help with the depth charges, assuming you have planes. So this this is the first thing in month that's actually a nerf to submarines, even if a slight one. So <laughs> that's that, that's that's nice. I'm not sure how much it will help, but it's uh, it's the first time in month that they were like, you know what? Maybe if we can't do something else than buff submarines. I'm sure somebody, it'll be like that comic where you see somebody getting, like they're all sitting around the board table and they're all making suggestions and somebody pipes up and goes, maybe we we buff ships other than submarines and then they get thrown out the window. <laughs> but this time they didn't get thrown out the window, miraculously. I mean, keep in mind though that there, there might be like the nerf to airdrop depth charges. So overall, <laughs> yeah, it might okay. still be worse, especially if like they make the area smaller, right? Because even if it's now maybe easier to pinpoint where it is, if the drop area is smaller, it might still be harder to hit this up. So we will we'll, uh, wait and see, but not not terrible news for once. 
it it would be very wargaming to be like, oh yeah, we're going to make it a bit easier for players to see where the submarines are pinging them from and where they're attacking from, but it's actually going to be now harder to do damage to them. Good luck! <laughs> well, they also updated the visuals for homing torpedoes, make players less confused, I guess, and gave you a new ribbon to see just how useless your depth charge was. <laughs> I mean, it'll be at least, yeah, you'll be able to tell the difference between uh, an actual hit and just a splash. Um, I think I mean, that, that is that, actually that, quite useful because yeah, that, that kind of you get people useful. saying, "Oh, I hit the, I hit it with eighteen depth charges and it was still alive." Well, this will tell you how many of those actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like when they made the change um, back before when. I mean, way back when it was just, you know, your shell hit. And then gradually we got more information like, well, was it a shatter? Was it a ricochet? You know, did it hit the torpedo belt protection? Was it an overpen? So um, it's it's kind of more in that vein. And it's, it, it will be useful for players, I think. And uh, next up we have what uh, uh mentioned before, the auto anti-submarine warfare for carriers. Now, they made a dev block a little bit early about this, where they said internal testing, but this was a very quick internal testing because they immediately moved it from internal testing to, yeah, this is coming. And in line with what Wargaming thinks about the carrier players, the aircraft carrier players will have no control over this. It will automatically airstrike submarines in range. If they are detected, or if they are pinging, or if they have an oil spirit. So if there is anything that a player could sort of use to determine that there is a submarine, the AI will, will all see. Now what we don't know, mind you, is we don't know the damage of those depth charges, we don't know the range, we don't know the area, we don't know how accurate they will drop. I wouldn't be surprised if they are better than, if they know better how to drop than players. I mean, on, on damage, I'm assuming they fall into that, that table that we, we looked at on the previous blog where it's uh, they're modifying the damage and the numbers. So uh, if it's going to be in line, well, um, that was explicitly talking about battleships and cruises there, wasn't it? Maybe they will do something for different for CVs. So mm. the way I read this belt, the submarine will have the opportunity to evade attack if evasive moves are taken at the right time. The impression I get from that is that this thing is going to be pretty bang on accurate if the sub just sails along in a straight line. and you know. Yeah. But as soon as it thinks it's spoiled, it's got a, a hoik and turn and, yeah. I wonder if the idea is to make it a sort of equivalent of flak, where if you fly into it, bad news, but if you manage to dodge it, you're A-OK. -okay. I mean, it does I, absolutely nothing to you. I mean, the thing is, as a player, obviously, you, you think, like, is this submarine going to go in a straight line or is it going to turn and you try to predict where it's going to be, while the AI will just like basically like white line torpedo it in that sense, right? But the question is obviously how big is the area going to be, right? Because so how easy it's going to be for a submarine to get out of this area? Like, will it be that the submarine, is, as long as it turns immediately as it sees the planes, will it be safe of, you know? Lots of questions are still unanswered there. Indeed. I wonder if it's a push to just stop sub and CV interaction. I think so, yeah. I, I mean, protect, the, protect both of them. The, the, the problem is, right, that there's basically no real way to detect a submarine. 
unlike destroyers. And I mean, there are already like sometimes destroyers that try to sail along the map's edges just to hunt the seaweed, but they can in relatively easily be dealt with basically because the car can spot them and take them out. But the car can't do anything against a submarine, right? So, and it, you, you won't spot the submarine. So, if a submarine just spends 10 minutes sailing along the zone wall to hunt the carrier, then it can surface in front of the carrier and then just, you know, torpedo the carrier and the carrier can't do anything against it. And I Which, don't think they want that style of playstyle. Unless it's a stationary carrier that you can use your non-guided torps on. If you try and use your guided torps, of course, the auto DCP kicks in. <laughs> so, yeah, but you can yeah. just surface two kilometers in front of the carrier. But it's yes, yeah, do. yeah, you can still do that. So uh, I think they... It's it's sort of sad in a sense because it takes a long time to find the carrier and the submarines, while they are pretty quick, they aren't the fastest. So if a submarine really spends all of its time hunting a carrier, it's wasting a lot of its time. Now, on the one mm. hand, you could argue they want to prevent that because it, this shouldn't be how a submarine is played. But on the other hand, it's sad that carriers once again get that magic sort of protection, even though they are in a sense the safest ships from submarines because they are going to be far in the back where the yeah, submarine isn't going to go fast. Then we've got the the new, which one is the sub that's, has it been even put into testing yet? But there was one they were talking about that's got 45 knots underwater or something like that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that, that that's a, but I mean, that's a special premium sub. Yeah. Just but wait yeah. till they bring in Japanese tier 10 subs with like the 20 kilometer long lance torps. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Long Lance homing torpedoes. <laughs> I should stop mm. saying these things. I'll give them ideas. Oh, oh. Uh, someone here is taking them. Why didn't we think of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, in other news, uh, they are changing some uh, legendary captains, right? Uh, Kuznets of Seal basically gets sort of an overall nerf it only heals for half as long it heals a little bit more per second but overall it heals less now of course i have to admit there is a slight buff in the sense that if if you get damaged and you get destroyed before the heal is over that's slightly less likely to happen because you now get more heal in the short amount of time yeah it's, it's so, a burst yeah there are in some situations this might be a slight buff but overall it's a nerf so you're fine with me i think given that He's sort of generally acknowledged as being one of the strongest, if not the strongest, special captains. Um, I mean, that talent has got a lot to do with it because it's just a free heal when you're low health, basically. And sometimes you do get killed before it can even complete, but sometimes it's just enough to really make a difference. Yeah, I mean, it's the Petro go-to, Petro ranked go-to build, isn't it, with Kuznetsov and... Yeah, oh, it's an already super tanky cruiser. Yeah, just gets that bit more. Mm. Somehow I am not surprised. <laughs> yeah. uh, then there are generally some, uh, like, they, they made some buffs also played to, to aircraft squadrons. And then interestingly enough, I think I mentioned this actually somewhat recently, right? So they are basically in nerfing the lightning fast talent of Cunningham. Because I recently mentioned, like, this is triggered by floodings, and these days, like, battleships, for example, can trigger floodings with the depth charges. And I was like, this is actually interesting because a lot of ships that could never cause floodings other than made by ramming, 
10 now simply by dropping depth charges. And I guess 4 came in was immediately like, wait a moment, we need to nerf this talent. Which is a shame because, like, for some ships that usually cause floodings with like torpedoes, like destroyers, they aren't gonna hit depth charges in the first place because they dropped them in the back. So for them, it's just a nerf. And for battleships, they can illtrigate right now. Just takes a bit longer. Yeah, I was, I was thinking of moving Cunningham onto the daring, and this might mean I don't bother. It's it's interesting and a bit weird that they didn't just differentiate between floodings from, from depth charges and floodings from other sources, but I don't know. Maybe it's a technical limitation. Maybe they can't. Maybe this is just a kind of bodge it as best they can <laughs> work around. Well, maybe they just can't be bothered. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. I mean... But I, I highly suspect it has to do with depth charges in submarines that this is nerfed. It makes sense. And then there is some more aircraft stuff. And an added bonus to increase flooding chance. Yeah, so it's a bit of a buff for Philippe Oboino. Uh, not a huge one there, but the extra flooding chance, I suppose. I mean, back in the day, that probably would have been a lot more significant when flooding was uh, was like by far the most deadly form of tick damage. But uh, that hasn't been true for a little while. Now we come to some skill changes, and there's actually one thing about this that's rather concerning. I mean, generally speaking, that basically made some skills also apply to aircraft because, for example, we have hybrids now, right? Cruisers could, I mean, the Tone has aircraft, right? Uh, how was it called? The, the Isa has aircraft, right? But the most, for me, concerning part is that the destroyer skill Swift Fish applies to aerial torpedoes. Now, think, think for a moment. There is no destroyer that has aerial torpedoes yet. But they made sure that the bonus on destroyers, explicitly on destroyers, the bonus now applies to aerial torpedoes. Now get out your tinfoil hats, because I certainly won't sleep very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Didn't they? There was a US destroyer. Wasn't there a US destroyer that they tried to make into like a seaplane tender or something? They like took off the back turrets. It was a Fletcher, probably. They took off the back turrets and stuck on a catapult, and the whole thing didn't work very well. But, you know, the whole thing not working very well in real life doesn't really apply that much to World of Warships, so maybe they're thinking they want to add that as a thing in future. Who knows? Yeah, I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on alongside you, I think, on that one. I mean, it just makes no sense to implement that unless they had plans, right? It's something like you, you have to consciously be like, oh, yeah, we should do that for destroyers, right? Or is it just because it's, for, it's basically for Tone, isn't it? Or tone, whatever, how do they pronounce it? That yeah, the... Tone. Um, I mean, tone. that's the cruiser but, part of that equation. Yeah, it isn't... And, Swift Fish is a skill that can only be used on cruisers and destroyers on captains, so it doesn't exist as a battleship captain skill. So is this not what that means? It's just that... You know, well, it's, it's the fact that it says cruisers and destroyers, and it's, it's explicitly saying 
that, that's going to affect aerial torpedoes. So if it was just aviation yeah, cruisers, then it should yeah, would surely just say cruisers. But um, the fact that I mean, you know, it, it sort of gives a hint that maybe they have an aviation destroyer in mind. Which, I mean, how does that there, even, I don't. There, there, there could be the thing that, like, technically, there should be two different skills, even if they're called the same thing, right? Uh, but it could obviously be that Wargaming has coded it so badly that they are actually the same skill, even though they're two different things in two different skill trees. Which So it could be that it's just very bad coding on Wargaming's part and they had to change it for both classes, but technically those are two different skills in two different skill trees. Maybe they're so... just doing it to mess with us. <laughs> Get inside our heads. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But it, technically, <laughs> there shouldn't have been a reason that they needed to add it to destroyers. They could have done cruisers only. Uh, and let's 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 not give them too many ideas, maybe. Yeah, Elving is probably bigger than Tony, isn't it? So yeah, you could fit on it. Yeah, yeah. Pre- premium Elving now with the airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's going to be a gimmick for some future. Like there'll be. An alternate Dutch destroyer line that drops aerial torpedoes or something. I don't. Who knows? Who knows what they have in mind? Well, you've got a Dutch ship planned with Dutch destroyer planned. With yeah, the the, the 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 yeah. Trump, Trump at uh, Tier Ten. Yeah. Yes, we we had a look at that last time, and uh, I think that's already had. Uh, I think they sort of buffed the gun a bit and nerfed the. Yeah. The. The airdrop yeah. just because you know relying uh, too much in the airdrop was clearly not working. But I mean, I it's still a different that. thing from actual planes that you control, right? It's, it's not torpedoes. Yeah, and I've I've been saying this for probably three, four years now that nothing can be released. The new tech tree line, nothing can be released that isn't including a gimmick of some sort. Yeah, they do seem to yeah. rather heavily rely on yeah. that. They're not going to release a battleship line that has. Repair and heal, and standard AP and standard HE, and it's you know, no speed boost and no reload boost or no funny button. You know, it's it's everything's, and I guess it's about keeping things interesting and variety. But yeah, you know, nothing has been released in as far as I can remember without a gimmick for quite a long time. Of the main lines, um, yeah, uh, it's been a while since we had a sort of just quite generalist line. Uh, I mean, what, British heavy cruisers? And even then you could see them as sort of uh, uh, in the sort of heavy HE vein of uh, yeah, high pen yeah, HE, which really is kind of a gimmick. Super heels and heavy, heavy yeah. HE. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a British flavour, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it sort of follow, it, it really follows on more from the battleships than the light cruisers, which uh, does, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, sometimes we 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 can sort of cynically complain about gimmicks. Sometimes it it does result in in reasonably interesting lines, and other times much less so. Like the oh. um, Swedish destroyers, for instance, I, I I quite enjoy. Yeah, I think when I say complaining about it, it was probably a bit stronger. I've been commenting on the fact that. Yeah, because I do like yeah. some of the new lines. I mean, speaking of gimmicks, I <laughs> find it sad that they immediately added uh, also a skill to the carriers that 
increases the depth charges, right? They don't even have the depth charges yet, but they, they'll already come with the skill that increases them. I mean, I suppose if they're going to give them the ASW, it's logical that they would stick that on as it is on other versions of that skill. Um, there's also going to be a new upgrade specifically for aviation ships. Uh, Air Groups Modification 3. So this is going to be for Ize, Tone, and Kearsarge in the fourth equipment slot. And it's going to give uh, minus 5% to squad prep time, plus 5% to squadron speed, and plus 15% to the hit points. The um, fourth slot is survivability normally, isn't it, yes. on a battleship? Yeah. So you're going to see more Kearsarge's part behind rocks playing as CVs. <laughs> yes. I, I don't see myself using that on any of those ships, to be honest. I mean... Also, keep in mind, they still don't have any others. Unlike carriers, they don't actually have anti-submarine warfare. So. Indeed. Obviously, they need to camp even further in the back now. Um, and also... Wargaming just wants to help them with that. <laughs> uh, they're also going to give the I-56 the option of using some main battery, uh, like some you know gun modifications. So main battery mod 2 and aiming systems mod 1. The R-56 is going to have... Is that the one with the controllable... Um, it's like a cruiser gun or something, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So presumably the Royal Navy subs will have the same. Yeah, if they yeah. bring in the heavy, the, the cruiser subs, then, um, yeah. Because, well, presumably they would be premiums. No, no, the, the, the line has guns. The, the announced British yeah. submarine line has guns. Oh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of the ones that, that had that heavy guns. Um, there was, I mean, everyone knows Sukuf, but there was, um, I can't remember what the name of the, the British class was, but there was, a, there was a rather unsuccessful class of British artillery cruisers as well after the First World War. And uh, they had a habit of sinking, <laughs> which is a bit unfortunate if you happen to be stationed aboard one of them. Yeah, the, um, but the, the announced line yesterday for Royal Navy. Uh, Subs have controllable guns, apparently. Okay, I missed that detail, clearly. Well, we're going to get but, to that, uh, aren't we, I guess. Yes, we will yeah. get to those. Uh, next up, the new brawls have been announced, and the first one of them will have submarines. That's going to be such a clusterfuck. Yeah, no <laughs> ship restrictions. So you'll you'll have, like, a carrier facing off against a sub, or... Sub facing off against a uh, you know ship that doesn't have any ASW armaments or anything like that. So there are certain ships you're going to want to avoid taking. I guess that that could end up being very frustrating if you get in a if you're in like a a, a, a kike down the um, the Tissix, uh Dutch cruiser which doesn't have ASW and you're facing off against a submarine. Well, good luck. You have to wait till they surface. If they don't just shotgun you first. There's probably other tier sixes that don't have ASW as well. I mean, Issei definitely doesn't, so that's another one. I'm trying to think what else. Look, you couldn't bring Sorry. one carrier to Issei and the sub. I mean, the carrier just has to kill the sub, right? 
Automatic. Well, for the second ball, I suppose, but for the one versus one, <laughs> yeah. One v one balls has always been has always held the potential to be ridiculously imbalanced. Depending on who you get yes, drawn against. Yes, I, I suppose that's kind of true. Like if you're in a uh, you know, like you're in a New Mexico and somebody else has, has taken a Shinonome or something, it's like okay, good yeah, luck. Exactly. It's just going to be more of that, I suppose. Except now you can't even potentially hit them because they're underwater. <laughs> One thing it will do, and I've, which I found intensely frustrating about um, 1v1 balls, is the way I like to play them is, you know, three minutes is how long a battle should last. It's in, you know, get in there, kill the other one, or be killed. And I found a lot of sometimes it was around and around the island and they'd draw it out for 10 minutes. And mm. if there's a sub in the game, that's exactly what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> Because you had to get, in the 1v1, you had to get 60, 61 wins, I think, to claim the full set of rewards. And if they're all lasting 10 minutes and you're winning 50% of them, say, that's an awful lot of time to get there. Oh, yeah. Is there any other... I mean, most of them have got some restrictions. So, you know, one sub, one aircraft carrier. Um... I mean, the the, the thing is, I I'm not sure if if the further ones will have subs. Like they specifically mentioned the four versus four that you will be able to participate with submarines and the more than one submarine. The first one says yeah, no ship the, type restrictions, but from the then on, third brawl. Yeah, I guess you maybe no subs. It it's possible that the third brawl does no longer have subs, but who knows? It will be interesting. I mean, I don't. I occasionally jump into brawls, but it'll be interesting to see if it has a, a sort of depressing effect on numbers overall. Like if people are just like, oh, subs are going to be in it. Uh, well, no thanks. I but mean, I've had that happen with alive. carriers. Like if you have like three versus three or so with a carrier, there are some yeah. brawls that I definitely, I, I was looking forward to and I, I started playing them with some friends. And then after like two or three matches, we were like, yeah, no, we, we won't do that. Yeah, the current one is... 3v3 in tier 4, I believe, and CVs are allowed, but tier 4 CVs, it, the way I've seen it mostly is the team with the CV will lose. Because tier 4 CVs are fairly ineffective. Yeah, you won't be able to power out enough damage to overcome the fact that your two surface ships are being bombarded by their three surface ships. Yeah, and the, the caps flip quick and points tick quick. And the the CV really can't help with that. Yeah, the CV is more so, dangerous over time, and it doesn't probably have enough burst at that tier. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. Uh, but that interesting. Some... I don't mind. I mean, balls are one of those ones. Where I don't mind them being in the game. I don't really mind what form they're in because they're one of those things you can just drop in, have a bit of fun in, or not bother. It's just neither here nor there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's ultimately, it doesn't like it's a nice thing to have in the game, but um, it's going to be like operations. If they keep making changes that sort of force people away from it, they might eventually go, "Oh well, no one's playing it. We'll just remove brawls," which would probably be a bad thing for the game overall. So it's I mean, an occasional thing. I don't think so. they they uh, they they switch enough with the brawls. There there are quite a few where I look at them and they're like not interested, and then there are some that I play for two hours or so. So okay, it might be more likely to not fall into that trap then. 
And normally, the way they've all been set up is you get the first win, gets your stage one done. That's 750,000 credits. So at the very least, I'll always drop in, play a few battles, get one win, and grab three quarters of a million credits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that gives you enough of a feel for whether you want to do any more or not. Yeah, they, they haven't fallen into the trap of not rewarding. Like, I mean, in operations, one part was always that they refuse to properly reward them. But brawls actually have some rewards. So. Yeah, agreed. Then there is more info on the next ranked. Well, Zero Eleven Nine, ninth ranked Just season. Too short note, really. But, uh, you know, it exists and it will happen. And here are the tiers. Yeah, but they, they, I mean, they haven't mentioned anything about subs. I wonder when, when subs will show up in ranked again. Because we all know it's going to happen. Yeah, they won't be in the Bronze League. Oh, definitely, because it's only tier 5. But, you know, yeah. in higher tiers, who knows? And the Bronze League is going to be interesting with Julius Cesare and Kamikaze as the yeah. dominant uh, played ships, I should imagine. Your five has a few slightly overperforming ships. Let's put it like that. Uh, yeah. But that's okay because I've got them all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's fine if you're the one in them. It's only when other people yes, are playing in them exactly. that it's a problem. Exactly that. <laughs> But I, I like the idea. I, I'm less keen on the current format, which is bronze, silver, and gold are all at tier 10. I like the change in tiers. Because you can start in bronze, and if you enjoy it, you just stay there. Or you can push up to silver. You don't have to push up and keep pushing up. You There's a, a range of a variety of uh, tiers you can play, so you can decide where your stopping point is almost. True. And it allows like newer players more access to rank because like I mean they might also wanna get some steel and such. Yeah, that as well. And next up we have a new permanent camo for Huron, which I think looks quite nice. Yeah, I like this one. Um yeah. it says it was suggested by a player. I don't know if this was a community thing that I missed or that we missed. Or if it was just something they took some, like, you know, if it was just like a Twitter poll or something from a list of suggestions that they made. But, yeah, that's a nice one. And it's actually quite fitting as well. I mean, the, the, the orca is quite an important animal in the uh, the uh, the native peoples of the, the, what do you even call it? Is it um, the Northwest kind of United States and um, and Canada? And there's probably some name for that area that I'm not thinking of. but. Um, yeah, it, it is one of the important animals, so it, it, it's actually quite sort of thematically relevant to have it on a ship called the Huron. And it's just it a nice looking camo. It is. doesn't say it's going to be available yet, does it? But... No. Quite keen. I like it. Although, I think I'm right in saying, I don't think the Huron were West Coast. I think they were more sort of the centre of Canada around the Great Lakes, but I, I don't I don't really know. I don't know. Um, yeah, anyway, but there are a couple of other camos, though. Uh, let's 
take a look. Uh, yes. This, this, this is quite a gaudy one for the Conqueror. Uh, this is one of the ones of with a look I'm less keen on, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's what's called Celebration, and it is quite loud. I mean, a Conqueror likes to set things on fire, and it's very red-golden, so I, I, I'm fine. I'm not playing Conqueror anyway. If I mean, they could probably do a, a quite. I would probably be quite popular as well. I just do. Um, is it one of the the Halloween skins where it had like fire coming out occasionally? Just do like Conqueror, but you've got like flamethrowers pointed out the side that just <laughs> burn out flames every so often, just to make sure that everybody knows that yes, you are in Conqueror, and yes, you will be setting them on fire. I I would second that. I I, I mean I <laughs> still wouldn't play Conqueror, but I would like to see that camera. Uh, so after that, we have a King of the Sea camo, which uh, has got the usual theme of um, octopus tentacles. And, and it stays with the red gold theme. Yeah, so. this one, this one's actually not bad. It's it's less busy, less kind of fussy looking than the other one. They're just a a nice solid red with um, some sort of uh, there's a bit of patterning on the deck. There's the the gold uh, octopus tentacles tendrils. And Which is the one that's the uh, highlights? It's the one that has that as well, is it not? Yeah, I think that is that black the North Cal one, but yeah, um, similar crossbones across the yeah state. similar similar theming. It's not one I'm ever likely to own, but it's the kind of thing that I could look at in my port and go, yeah, that looks all right. Yeah, I tend to turn them off mostly, but uh, I'm a bit boring that way. Yeah, I mean different. I mean, I mean, visuals are completely subjective. I I oh, like sure. a lot of those those special camels, but I know other people who go like like why why would you ever do that? <laughs> the nicer things about the game that was one of the nicer changes they made was the ability for players to select whether they want to see stuff like that or not on other players' ships. Exactly. And then uh, the, there is one for the Velos that. I'm not Which sure is, what the Velos was, but I like the camera. The, I think that's been in one of the test ship blogs, but it's basically a, a, a Greek Fletcher, I believe. It was one that was transferred to the Greek Navy after the war. Still um, there is a ship, I believe. Um, yeah, that is that is a really... That's one of these history-themed camos that I keep saying, I really like history-themed camos, and just occasionally they come out with a new one, and uh, they've been generally pretty good, and I, I really like this one. This proper, like, Hellenic, uh, you know, sort of trimarines. Uh, I know a certain Greek around in the Ionian is Sea very keen of... to get his hands on that as soon as it comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure. So, yeah, that that's a really nice one. Um, you've got the, the, the decking details. So it's not just the the paint job, but it it's actually modelled, so it looks like it's it's... You know, the hull is made of wood. You've got that, yeah. that really nice-looking ram prow. Got the Greek flag up at the front, nice and proud. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to necessarily get the Velos, but if I did, I would want that camo. That is a really nice one. Yeah, I agree with that. 
we've actually we've, i think the last one to get a proper sort of historical themed camo was actually also a, a tier nine destroyer that was the um the turtle the ship the korean, ones, yeah korean themed one yeah i think that didn't have have like a flame effect or am i completely making that up i think i'm making that up but it was a really nice camo anyway it, it was a really nice camo yes so hopefully that goes on sale again at some point and I can buy it for less than they were asking the first time around. <laughs> well, uh, good luck with that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I might be waiting a while. Then there, there is, there is a, a blessing HE is here flag. It's interesting. So I guess if you want to embrace setting things on fire, they got the flag for you now. Indeed. And a tiger playing with fireworks as a patch. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess and say the next year on the Chinese calendar is going to be a year of the tiger. Maybe. <laughs> Just a top wild guess. Uh, and then we also have some food-themed patches, which is different. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Like, the, there are so many food-themed chips in this game, right? <laughs> it's, it's time that they embrace and obviously, like so many destroyers that are just sending fish, right? So I'm trying to see if I recognize where all these are from. So there's one that looks like a, that like a Philippine flag? Triangle flag? It's Philippine on the left, I think. Yeah. Um, next one, I... Uh, Sate, so that's just, I don't know, that's a bit kind of generic. Uh, then there's... A, uh, is that Indonesian? White and red? I don't know. And then the star, I mean, that could be China, it could be Vietnam. Who knows? I mean, I so, guess, like, they, they, the patches have names, so, you know, you have to just identify the dish and Google where the dish came from. I guess, I guess, yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, m maybe this is, this is some kind of really cryptic hint that we're going to get... Uh, World Warships spin-off cooking game, like uh, what's that one called? <laughs> uh, it's something like Cook Serve Delicious, and I know there's other various cooking games as well. So you know, clearly wargaming is is going to branch out and do cooking games that involves look. I mean, if they if they made somehow if they made like a cooking mini game on their website, I wouldn't be surprised. Like they they are into the website <laughs> games lately. True, true. Uh, mostly it's been versions of. Um, uh, 2048, but uh, yeah, it would certainly be something different. Uh, by, so, by the way, I mean, getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but uh, I'm not sure if people have noticed, but on, on the news portal, there is like the, the what voyage something around the world. I don't know, but there's a web campaign. And it's actually interesting because it's like sort yeah. of like a short visual novel where you have like two uh, like drawn characters to have a conversation and then after the conversation you choose like you choose something in the dialogue and then you get the in-game mission and such. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's been like it's also been made a bit more prominent than than some previous ones which have been a bit a bit buried. But here it, it's actually quite like it's right at the top of the armor and you click on it and you can see what it is and you click on the thing and accept the mission and uh, the, the missions have been. Fairly okay so far. I think I've done most of them already. Um, so it's all, I mean, it's all kind of tying into them putting out the Hampshire. I don't think anyone's been wildly enthused about the Hampshire, although the, the, the special camo for it, I think, looks okay. 
um, but I'm not I'm not going to spend a bunch of doubloons so I can do the various, um, you know, get get the tokens to get the unlocks mm-hmm. to get the chance of getting the Hampshire among one of them. <laughs> and it might only take, you know, one or two, or it might take literally all of them, and it might only be on the last pull. Because, I don't know, that's... <laughs> you, you're that's value you're, you're going to just... Yeah, yeah, they want you to give them your money, and they're not even going to tell you quite how much of their mo- of your money that that they want. There might be a little bit, might be a lot. And they want all yeah. of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not overly keen on the uh, these lottery for early access. And I know the Hampshire's a premium, so but you still be able to buy it straight up for a flat fee in mm. next year. Yeah, it 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 was. It was weird that that felt like such a step forward when it, it we went from well everything's in a it affected roller tanks as well but it sort of there was a while where everything was in just a a bloated bundle and if you didn't get it in the bundle then you weren't going to get it and and then you know it's like oh well the best we're going to get is well we'll still do the bundles but if if you're patient you'll be able to get just the ship so there was still it's still kind of a bit scummy in that it's still targeting the people that that don't have good impulse control that that do have problematic um uh issues with with you know gambling and and the gambling style mechanics in games um so when i probably a year after i started playing and for two years i probably bought pretty much every premium ship that was released but it was a case of you could just buy the premium ship uh-huh. And I think the only one that I spent big on was the Missouri when it was first released because that was a, that might have been the start of it actually that was like a staggered release uh-huh. and it what was that the hood maybe it was the hood there was the hood maybe it was a staggered release and it you had to buy the admiral plaque and then you, or you had to wait a week and then you could get something slightly smaller or you wait another week and then you could get the ship itself uh-huh. and I went I plumped straight in it was HMS hood I remember it was hood not the Missouri I, I plumped straight in at the very beginning and just yeah. But it was one of those things. I was away for a week with work, sat in a hotel room for a weekend. I could play World of Warships, or I could go and sit in a bar and spend the same amount of money anyway. So, you know, it's like, in the end, get the hood and play that. But it's become more prevalent, and the idea of spending money not knowing how much you're going to spend to get something is not something that sits particularly comfortably with me. Yeah, Indeed. And... uh it's, it's the kind of thing that I mean. We've had some progress with wargaming, I and mean, things like disclosure of alts was was a pretty major step forward. But uh, it's clear that they kind of they're not very wholehearted when it comes to kind of um, uh, putting their best foot forward in terms of of monetization. I don't know how how else well to put it, but. Um, this, we we kind of get this, you know, one step forwards and then like two steps sideways, or yeah, yeah, however you want to put it. I don't object to them doing it. It's, I mean, it's people's, and again, it, some people do have some difficulty with self restraint, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. As long as you read what's written there, you know the, you'll know the process. It's not like it's completely blind, but no. personally, it's not something I would want to do is say because i get a feeling it's like well i'll buy five okay i didn't get it so maybe it'll come on the seventh one so i'll buy five more 
I didn't get it. Oh, well, I bought this much now. I may as well get a few more. And that's the bit I don't. Yeah. It's, it's a psychological it's trap. It's it's not uncommon along free to play games, but it's it's certainly um, it's something you see a lot in the the mobile gaming space, and a lot of that then percolated over to PC gaming, console gaming, to the extent that it, it then went into actual you know full paid <laughs> games. Ended up having microtransactions and and essentially gambling mechanics in. So oh, you know, look at FIFA, you can pay yeah. you pay sixty oh, pounds for FIFA those... on day of release and then spend it. You know, yeah, that was those... the biggest battle with my son was continually fighting him to. Mm. You know, you're not having this. You know, we're not spending twenty pounds on you trying to get hold of one player through a set of a pack of cards. It's just ridiculous. It, 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 it's just mm. it's it's. Purely predatory, and it's the kind of thing that we we absolutely you know need some regulation. But there's only a couple of countries that have really gone forward with any yeah. kind of effective regulation. And alas, the UK is one of them. Yeah, I mean, I feel things things like FIFA are probably I feel I am more upset by it because the game is aimed at a younger generation mm-hmm. generally. Well, maybe not aimed at, but. Um, the, the demographic of the World of Warships player yeah. base is a lot older than, say, FIFA. Would yes. Be. I think that, that's one of the reasons why they, I mean, coming on from World of Tanks, it's why they felt they could get away with the, the pricing that they could because. Yeah. And again, I mean, it's certainly yeah. saying about, you know, I, I would never spend 7,000 doubloons on a tier 10 perma camo, but I don't object to them putting it there because it's every individual's choice if they wish to do that. Yeah, at least, although, at least was, that is a flat fee. On you know, if I pay this, that's yeah. what I get. I was having a bit of a rant on Twitter earlier about perma camos because one of the things they're doing at the moment. We've kind of we've got one more dev blog to go, but we're on a slight tangent at the moment. Uh, if you go into the yeah. armory at the moment, uh, you'll notice that um, um, this is like, again a thing we covered previously with them sort of slightly altering and then rebranding the uh, the three crowns perma camos for the Swedish destroyers. And they've kind of made them more generically Scandinavian, which I know annoyed some Swedish players in particular that quite annoyed having, uh, that, that, that quite enjoyed having um, something that was quite, you know, specifically Swedish on a Swedish uh, designed ship. And uh, yeah, there's a variety of packages in at the moment, including um, some where you're basically, uh, some where the, the, you can buy the tech tree ship, uh, some include a captain. And some of them are just straight up the perma camos, but the perma camos at a higher price than regular perma camos, and not taking into account the fact that I, that there's no economic bonuses involved. So um, they they've basically they're trying to have their cake and eat it because largely I think the the economic bonus uh, or the, the the whole change to how they they did economic bonuses was generally a positive thing. But the yes. fact that they have entirely, almost entirely kept the pricing of Permacamos the same, with the exception of when you're buying that first Permacamo from the port, it's at like 10% of the regular price. And then after that, it shoots up again. So it's, 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 it's basically charging more, uh, or not charging more, it, it's charging the same but for less. And, you know, in a retail setting, you call that shrinkflation when... You've got, you know, uh, a whatever, a chocolate bar that goes down to 75% of the size, but the, the price remains the same kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of, uh, 
I think that, especially given that this is the patch after the, all the economic changes, I kind of feel like they're trying to sneak this in a bit. Because it does say, if you click on the description, it does say, okay, this doesn't actually have the econ bonuses. This is just the exterior cost. But, of course, you can um, buy the thing without ever clicking on the description. You can just click on the purchase button, and you might be assuming, oh, well, if it's costing this much, it must have the econ bonuses. So I, I feel like there's some um, slightly scummy tactics going on there with people, well, maybe trying to get people to assume that uh, it's it's going to actually include the econ bonuses when it, it it's only when you click on the description to see that it doesn't. So I was already annoyed at them with the, the, the process of, okay, we're going to sell tech tree ships for real money. And now they're uh, also throwing in, well, we're going to sell these bundles of permacamos for um, prices that don't even make sense. The, the biggest one is the permacamos for the Ustergotland, the Hound, and the Smurland. And you would think that would be 14K total. But instead, somehow they've come up with a figure of 17,000 doubloons. Well, you'd think if you didn't have a permacamo for the Ostergotland and the Holland, they'd be 200 doubloons each. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and then um, you will have one on the Smallands, so it'll probably be 5,000 for that. So 6, for, I think for the fact that they're now selling these as purely cosmetic items, I think the price is just way out of proportion. It's I mean, been a bit not, of a bugbear of mine for not, ever not since just they announced the changes. They are actually ripping you off big time because the first permanent camo on a ship is discounted, right? Like the first permanent camo on a ship. If you buy it in port, it's discounted, right? So a regular one costs like 200 doubloons for your 10 ship. Obviously, yeah. the special ones would cost more if they are like space camos or whatever. Yeah, the full remodels, um, they, they've always they've, they've charged a bit more for those, and I can kind of see that because... That's a full remodel. That's not just um, painting a new camo on a skin. But um, yeah, even even the price of those should come down. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but the point is, right? Let's assume you don't have a permanent camo right now for for the the Holland and for the, for the Goatland and so on. If you buy those, you will now have a permanent camo. So you lose out on the discount for the first permanent camo. You know, you don't get any economic bonus or nothing, and you basically, you overpay for your, like, it basically costs you more because you don't get the discount that you would usually get for the first permacamo. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they say the, pound, the bundle gives you a 48% discount, but the discount is much larger, generally, on the first uh, permacamo uh, than yes. you buy. So, basically, they are not giving you the economic bonus and they are charging you more money than they would for the camel. So they have inflated prices for the visuals and don't even give you. It, it's, it's such a ripoff. It's, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any more words for that. <laughs> yeah, I am, I am very firmly against this, this, this trend of, I mean, just overall, they've been trying to monetize um, the, the, you know, tech tree stuff, like silver economy stuff more and more. And I mean, it's not even silver economy stuff in this case, but it, it's, it, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's finding ways to decrease the value of what they're giving to people and yet still charge as much. So, uh, it's, yeah. It's just an entire, it's very sad to see. And it's very scummy by I mean. 
I hope they address this at some point, but it's the kind of thing where I think there would need to be some big community outcry against it. And I, I they, think they the won't address probably like, passed. They haven't waited 24 hours after the patch went live. They immediately, like immediately, like the moment the patch went live with the economic changes, they started stripping all economic bonuses where they could and trying to charge you the same thing for, for, for the cameras. This, yeah. this was, this isn't even sneaky or anything. It's like they, they went for it the second they could. Yeah, it was obviously part of their plan for the, the economic rework. It was, uh, you know, well, how, how, do we, how do we milk this a bit? And uh, this is the result. Uh, yeah. So... Back to more depressing topics. We have a new yes, line of yes. British submarines. <laughs> Woo! Now, on the one hand, you know, as a Brit, obviously, more British ships, yay! But only they had their submarines, so that's entirely cancelled out. Um, so, yeah, the gimmick, because we were talking about this before, the gimmick of this line is they're going to have uh, exclusively acoustic homing torps, and uh, they Guns. are have the uh, secondary guns which can be directly controlled by player uh, by the player firing SAP shells and they are small caliber uh, so uh, two of them are 76 mil guns and uh, the tier 10 has a 102 uh, a four inch gun just to understand the point of putting a gun on it I mean if you pop up next to something that's got 500 hit points left okay but in any other situation anything you put up next to is just going to absolutely rinse you surely yeah yeah if they they get a, a chance to to keep popping away at you so i i don't know i don't see the point other than hey it's a gimmick of this line and occasionally it might Come in. I, I mean, I don't know if you get to sit in a smoke and have your gun fire off at somebody. But at that point, surely you'd rather be firing torpedoes. I, I mean, your torpedoes are freeloads. True. I guess it's sure? something to do when your battery runs out and you pop to the surface and you've got no other option apart from sail around for a little while. You can pop a few shells around before you go into water again. It's gonna be a very niche case, right? It's usually it's it's yeah. not something that you'll use a lot. But yeah, it, it could have seventy-six millimeter gun, touch a banner, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's pretty small. There's definitely some seventy-six mil um, secondaries. I mean, that's that's small enough that we're getting into the kind of caliber of guns that you find on on tanks for crying out loud. That's that's tiny. <laughs> But it's going to have SEP. So, I mean, it's still going to, like, penetrate destroyers, right? I feel like it's... Yeah. It, and it's not yeah. going to set fire. So it's it's really just probably to to maybe finish off a destroyer or do something if you... It does seem... the surface. It does seem more on the end of the, the Dutch airstrike gimmick of, you know... Uh, only very, very occasionally is it truly useful. We have to have the enemy players doing something or the right set of circumstances, you know, somebody coming in that's very low health. Now, that there is still something that you guys have to explain to me, right? 
because they say the British submarines have a large dive capacity but low maneuverability. But they list the, the maneuverability stats and they look pretty impressive. So in what world is like, I mean, 410 turning circle for the tier 6. And I mean, even the tier 10 has what, 580 turning circle? Which... Uh, compared you know, to other subs, to be honest, let's have a look. Yeah, the Palau has like, I think, five, I mean, subs turning circle has been buffed recently, right? But I think Palau is at 590 right now, and I think the, the German one is around 500. So sure, it turns a bit worse than the German one. Still, I think, turns better than the Palau. So if you if you point out that, that, that the main feature of this line is bad maneuverability and it still turns better than a current sub, I'm like... Yeah, that doesn't serious? really make any sense looking at the actual prelim stats. What about the that... rudder shift and... I mean, they're not super whippy, but they're still... I mean, it's possible that the others have better rudder shift. But I mean, like, you know, six-second rudder shift and 580 turning circle. I mean, uh, a lot of destroyers would now. try to have those stats. Balao, 7.2? Yeah, 2501 has 6.8. Is this just one of those general statements they make about a line that then doesn't actually make any sense given the stats of all line? <laughs> We've had I mean, this sort of thing happen. Like Yeah, I don't I don't really know. I mean, it sounds like they want to make them more fragile, so I'll take that. But it also says they want to give them a large number of torpedoes per salvo. So even if they are the weaker damaged torpedoes, they're still the acoustic homing torpedoes. I don't know, having a large number of them chasing after you could be uh, not fun. You might need to explain this to me. On, say, the Tier 10, the Thrasher, Torpedo tubes, 11 by 1. Uh, it means, I'm guessing it means 11 single tubes. I don't know why they've yeah, and then below it, it that way. Number of stern torpedo tube loaders, 3. Number of bow torpedo tube loaders, 4. What's the difference between a torpedo tube and a torpedo tube loader? That's possibly the number of tubes that can be loaded at the same time, like simultaneously. Ah, yeah, okay, that that, that would make sense. Okay. Which, in real life, you know, they had to load the tubes one by one. You definitely wouldn't load them simultaneously. But we can't have that, obviously. No. I mean, to be fair, you can have some... Like, the, the, the Derpsky at Tier 3 can fire literally its own weight in torpedoes or more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's already things like that that just... I mean, obviously, like, the ships wouldn't like reload their torpedoes in an engagement. No, mo- mostly would they wouldn't. I think that at most uh, destroyers tended to have like you know one reload of torpedoes. But yeah, so so basically this this sub will have what, seven tubes in the front and I think four in the back, and it can reload three front torps at the same time and one back torp at the same time. Uh, okay, yeah. I, uh, I I don't know really what to to make them, but then I don't really I've not played the subs enough. To... No, it's, it's I can't really comment on stats and things. So I don't really understand it. I, I mean, I guess they'll be less able to effectively shotgun people if they're more fragile and they're using the weaker damage torps. I mean, what it it has? What did it have? Seven seven front torps. But yeah, he's still packing like lots of tubes. What's that with, with torpedo? Uh, 
Das hat I mean, 5.167 points of damage isn't a lot of damage. No. I think, uh, yeah, you're not going to... I mean, a destroyer, maybe, if you've managed to get literally every torpedo into them and you manage to hit different points so you're not triggering the damage saturation on, say, the bow or the stern. But, um, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I don't think it needs to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm not in favor of adding more submarines. In fact, I'm in favor <laughs> of removing submarines from randoms, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, they they got to get changed a lot in testing anyway, yeah, especially we'll since submarines, like, I mean, that's the crazy thing. Submarines are not final and they start adding more tech tree submarines, despite submarines not actually being out of testing. Yeah, as it's, a just, house. it's just a bigger it's pool of stuff that so we're going to have to try and crazy. jiggle around and I have no idea. It, do- it doesn't particularly make sense, no. Well, things that might make more sense, there's going to be a premium renown at tier 7. Yeah, and this is going to be almost like a, a situation with Belfast 43 at tier 8 and then the post-war Belfast at tier 7. Um, because the, I think the renown we have in at the, uh, on the tech tree, is that like the 1945 or 1946 kind of state of renown? It's like the end of war renown. So this is a little earlier in the war, but it's a, a higher tier. So, uh, yeah, I think, is it going to be the AA that's the main thing? It's They, they um, want to turn it into a brawler without armor. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they're going to try and do what they were sort of originally going to do with the um, the Duke of York to some extent. Or I mean, going to make it a no-heel no battleship kind of thing but not quite as dramatic as that. Uh, isn't it going to have, like, the, the crazy British hair? Mm, no, 276 points a second. Uh, what, what did standard. they say? They say it has an improved repair part. I mean, maybe it just... I don't know. Improved repair party. Maybe it can heal back. Uh... Oh, reload time forty seconds. That that's what it'll be. Yeah. it's the fast. Okay, reload. okay yes. Yeah. So like uh, Massachusetts or something. Like yes. That. So basically, it also has an engine boost. So so you can engine boost into the fight. You can heal pretty quickly, and you have got a hydro. I mean, that might make for an interesting combination. And let's be yeah. honest, that this tier battleships can overmatch others' noses anyway. So it won't even be that different from others in that regard. I'm not opposed to having, especially with premiums, like the specific ships in in specific refits, because sometimes ships did undergo fairly major refits. Uh, So, uh, yeah, but I, I mean, it's the kind of thing where you also don't want them to be spamming them out because it can just feel like a bit copy paste. And if there's not enough difference between them, then you start to wonder kind of uh, what the what the point is. I'm wondering if the guns are particularly different than Renown. Uh, I think the torpedoes are. Does it get more torpedoes? Yeah, probably. probably. 
Um, it's got a missing secondary, hasn't it, from the... Yeah, that, I think that's the other thing. Is, yeah, it's going to have sort of better secondaries, better AA. Uh, no, it's still eight, eight torps. Okay. I mean, honestly... Uh, they have like... more range. At 10 times 2, 130 millimeter secondaries with 5.6 kilometer range, you aren't going to do anything with those. But I suppose they exist. Maybe you get lucky and they start a fire. Yeah, I don't, maybe they'll, I don't know, maybe they'll have... Um... Oh, 8% chance to start a fire, but we don't know the reload. Maybe they'll have uh, sort of better dispersion on the secondaries. Yeah, um, I mean, we can look at that. That is a secondary that exists on other British battleships, so we can look at um, other ships and and take a guess. It's probably not going to be a super long reload, but sometimes they do make things longer reloads just for balancing. Like the Italian secondaries uh, tend to be uh, a longer reload than the the caliber would suggest, just for balancing purposes. I mean, you. You'd Soviet never expect this well. for secondaries anyway, but it could be an... I mean, honestly, with like the Hydro, the Speed Boost, the Torps, I'd be interested. Let's put it as like this. Yeah, um, it's certainly going to be more interesting than Collingwood. The really interesting part about it is the statement that uh, she will be actually be obtainable for free for particular in-game activities. Yeah, so, so we'll see what that, that relates to. Um, so yeah, on on the Duke of York, for instance, the one. Uh, oh no, that's one thirty three. Is it one thirty three or one thirteen? A one thirteen. So one thirteen. Uh, oh, that's the smaller caliber ones. Hang on, what is that on? Is that the Queen Elizabeth that has those? It's hard to tell because there's all these different. I'm sure we had Drac on at some point and talked about this as well. All the different wacky calibers of British secondary gun. Through the wall. Yes, Queen Elizabeth does. So 4.8 seconds and 19 millimeters of penetration, 8% fire chance. So probably something similar to those. Yeah, they aren't going to do much. No, no, they're, they're not a huge caliber. I, unless they're kind of artificially buffed compared to other ones. Uh, t- to be honest, still the only, the only British battleship that's even kind of semi-worth going for secondaries with is, is Warspite. Because it has the six-inch secondaries, you can't particularly get a good range with them, but they do have good coverage and they do hit pretty hard because they're six-inch guns. So yeah, uh, I built I built Warspite yeah. for secondaries and played it a lot at tier six ranked. It's very effective given its maneuverability as well. Yes, yes, and uh, and it's also quite uh, potentially enjoyable to play in in some of the scenarios as well. Yeah. Then the nice thing with, with boss bite is it it doesn't mm-hmm. um uh, like it still hits reasonably accurately even even swapping out the secondary module for the main battery accuracy. Anyway, yes, let's move on. I was getting sidetracked. No worries, there. Then we have the the Leipzig, a new German tier six cruiser, and it's sort of uh, Königsberg with torpedo focus. Yeah, this this is this is a ship that actually uh, exists. I, th- I think this is going to be. It's always more interesting, I think, when a ship comes along that did actually exist. So I suppose we can say the same about Renown 44. Um, 
but uh yeah this one's been kind of missing so it's um uh one i guess they didn't want to i mean they they had the 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 Königsberg and then they had the Nuremberg and obviously you know the 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 Leipzig was sort of in between um and uh now we're finally getting it in game as an actual ship on its own still going to be incredibly squashy it is a very light cruiser in terms of in terms of its armament but if it has the same uh, sort of firepower as Nuremberg it might actually be a kind of enjoyable tier 6 if you can live with it being very squashy. It it only has a firing range of 13.5 kilometers. It's it's okay, really that's... focused about like you 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 either top something or that's pretty short range. That's comparable with like British light cruisers and some of the British heavy cruisers. Yeah, and you don't right. really have like the the best shell track charities probably for islands. Yeah. Uh I think Alba's probably like 14 something like that. So, the, I mean, there are other cruisers that have a short range at that tier, but they tend to either have really good stealth or really good, um, well, comparatively good armor. Oh, you've got to have um, good stealth. Yeah, you've got good okay. stealth. You've got 10 kilometer torps. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's going to be the unusual part. 10 kilometer torps. Most of the German torpedoes on anything not a destroyer are capped at um, six. Yeah, and that might catch people out. Just them expecting you to have six kilometer torps, and you're sailing up with your ten kilometer ones. Torpedo detectability one point three at fifty nine knots is yeah. pretty. They, yeah, you they, can buff that up a little bit more as well. In terms yeah, of they're, they're, they're they're a little slow, but they're kind of sneaky. And only a sixty eight second reload. I mean, that might change, but that's a pretty fast reload, especially for a cruiser. 1,700 damage, and you can buff... There's a cruiser skill, is there not, to buff up the damage of torpedoes? Uh, yeah, cruisers, cruisers actually have, you know, sort of the better torpedo skills, right? You have, I think, the, the yes, damage yes. and... The, Enhanced uh, the torpedo speed. explosive charge, it's called. 15% extra damage. I mean, the and damage that's... itself is not bad for the tier, the base damage. Yeah, but you could bring that up to about sixteen thousand, probably, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. It might, it might be, end up being one of one of these uh, ships where you end up, even though it's a premium, you end up having your, its own captain just because it uh, does have that thing that uh, is rather different. Um, so yeah, the the range ain't good, but the reload's not bad. Yeah, it's going to have to be because it's the, it's the torpedoes I, that are the different thing. Yeah, yeah I I like the Königsberg and Nuremberg, and I I play them using the range as the Yes. The best skill of them is their range, and you use the range to keep yourself alive. Yeah. The concealment's okay, but yeah, it, it is the range that you play them for, really. They do have good range for their, their, their tiers. So it'd be interesting. It's, it, I, it, I think it's a welcome welcome addition. It'd be interesting, let's it, say, maybe gimmicks, but it's not that far removed. It's, it, not, it's, it's always not a, nice it's, right, it's, not, it's not like an airstrike gimmick where you know, it's a completely new yeah. thing into the game. Mm. It's it's just it's a it's a tweak. It's a, it's a flavor of a ship, and it I, I, it looks like the sort of thing I'd probably enjoy playing. I mean, just the fact that it's going to be a stealth torping cruiser at tier six, <laughs> that alone will have a lot of novelty factor. Yeah, this this one actually does look genuinely interesting. However, because it stands as a different style of gameplay. I mean. Um, you contrast that with one of the other ships we have, the Monmouth, which is yet another British heavy cruiser. Um, yeah, uh, it, it, 
it 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 will actually represent a, a quite a different style of gameplay. Um, I I I would actually seriously think about getting this one. <laughs> we'll see how it turns out. There is potential. Yeah, but again, what was the range again? Thirteen point. Five. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah, to. You that, would. That's not for that's the faint gonna, of heart. No, that's going to be seeing Baltimore's and Chapaevs and you know, cruisers at tier eight that are going to be not far off in concealment and you know, a lot more brutal to it if it gets spotted. Yes, it's going to be kind of like a Leander without the smoke screen in terms of. Uh... Sort of detectability and range. I think it's slightly yeah. better range. I, I don't know what nine point seven will work out with concealment expert, but uh, we're on nine, I guess. Leander has, yeah. Leander's uh, nine with concealment expert. Interesting. I mean, you can always division it with somebody with smoke. True. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's probably the most interesting ship on this page, to be honest. And <laughs> it's a tier six. Quashi cruiser. Well, then we have a T10 cruiser. The how how's that pronounced? Monmouth. Monmouth. Yeah, it's it's muth rather than mouth. Okay. Even though it looks like mouth. So Monmouth, which is gonna, it's named after a, a ducal title, and I think it even says it's named after uh, a, an admiral that was also the Duke of Monmouth. Uh, yeah, here we go. Nobleman James Scott, who would be, go on to be executed in the uh, 17th century for rebellion against the king, was the first Duke of Monmouth. So, not really a naval connection, but there has been a, a frigate named HMS Monmouth. There is a clangor in this. Um, let me find it. Uh, here we go. Uh... It's already been pointed out to them that the lead ship was Monmouth, named after the county of Monmouthshire on the border with Wales. Well, Monmouthshire is in Wales, not <laughs> yes, on the border yes, with yes, Wales. Yes. So, I mean, uh, technically, it's on it's on the border, just on the inside of Wales, <laughs> yes, rather yes. than outside of Wales. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but, uh, uh, that has already been pointed out to them, I believe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's another it, it's a quad turret heavy cruiser. I think it's the quad turrets of the Gibraltar on uh, is that the Goliath hull? It's something like that. It's some combination of turrets from one on the hull of another, and uh, it kind of seems like filler, to be honest. With is it uh, Goliath shells? I'm not let's sure. Take, let's bring up. I've got both Maybe. Gibraltar and Goliath. Although Gibraltar I mean, is just AP. Yeah, yeah, it has HE, so it probably is Goliath. Guns, I suppose. Fifty-nine mil of pen on the HE. That sounds very Goliath. Uh, yeah, twenty-five percent fire chance. Fifty-nine mil of pen. Um, three thousand eight hundred fifty max damage. Yeah. Fast turret for a ship that size, 22 seconds. 2.05 Sigma. It gives us absolutely no even inkling of a design study or any kind of historical background for this ship. So 
I mean, I for one, I'm just going to assume it's uh, a wargaming special. I mean, I assume they're going to be like, what if we took one ship we made up and took another ship we made up and there had been a hypothetical fusion between two imaginary ships and... Ta-da! <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time we've had the guns of one ship on the hull of another. I mean, there's the... Um, uh, is it both the Weimar and the Mainz? Or is, yeah, no, I think both of them. So they're, they're both... like One is the York hull with the... Uh, 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 150 millimeter guns, and the Mainz, of course, is a hipper hull with the the lower tier 150 millimeter guns. So yeah, it, it's not the first time they've they've slapped together a premium like this. Hell, I mean the the uh, Sevastopol just came out with the German 15 inch guns, but that one at least has some historical basis, as I've learned. So it, it does seem another in that vein, but as it's a tier ten, I mean you'll be able to obtain it for coal or research points or maybe even steel, although I can't see this being a steel ship somehow. I'd be very surprised if this was a steel ship. Yeah, super heel as well. Yeah. But it's twelve guns, I mean it's it's got Goliath. It's definitely, sure. I'm pretty sure that's the Goliath Reload time, 18 and a half, so you're not Turns getting right. anything um, there. 3 by 4 is Goliath 4 by 3. Uh, Goliath is... Uh, 3 by 3. Yes, 4 by 3. So, so you'll so have more will... firepower up front, essentially, than Goliath. Yes. What's Goliath's range? Uh, let's see. I'll make sure. I think I've got the range mod on this. Uh, I do. So plus the sixteen percent range mod, it's nineteen point five. Oh, probably. So it'll be sixteen point something, seventeen around that. Yeah, the 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 new one has sixteen point nine, so probably the same. Yeah. So basically, exact firepower of the Goliath. Sixteen point eight is the base for Goliath. Ah. Very slightly better, so you're able to get it out to like 19.6 versus 19.5 if you go for the range mod. <laughs> and the reload on the Goliath is, I think, the same 18.5 yes. unmodified. So, yeah, it, it seems like a bit of a filler ship to be honest. It's not going to set anyone's hair on fire, it's not going to make anyone particularly excited. Dockyard, maybe. Maybe, yeah, yeah. It would fit in the, the style of dockyard ship, certainly, that has predominated. Yeah, I think that basically concludes the death blocks, and we've already talked about the portal news, but there is still some more actual ship news about the, yes. the Texas. Um, now, there was a whole live stream of this, so you can go and check that out. There's, I think, various YouTube, um, like, news, you know, like American news channels have, have done the thing. I think they restreamed it from the uh, the Texas Foundation. Um, but basically, they very slowly moved it to its planned dry dock in Galveston, and it made it there. Okay. Uh, but I, th I think it, uh, it was starting to show a bit of a list, but there's now um, a picture of it basically in the dry dock. Um, I'll see if I can find it. I actually retweeted it onto my Twitter account, if that helps you, Atam. But 
Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, up... I think the pictures are easy to find. Yes, it basically up out the water and uh, um, sort of uh, <laughs> the hole showing its age a bit. But um, from what I've read, it's like the, the below the water line is probably in better condition than around the water line because that's where the most kind of oxidization action is happening. So, um, yeah, they might be looking at, because I, I think they're probably still in the stage of like assessing the overall structure and stuff like that. So they might have to do things like take the, the turrets off to lessen the weight on the structure and stuff like that before they can um, start getting into the guts of it and, and repairing what needs to be repaired. But it is... Like there was there was real uncertainty over it for a while, whether it would actually just kind of like sink at its mooring and that would be that, and it'd be too damaged to actually uh, do anything with in terms of getting it um, floating again. So uh, yeah, I was reading yeah. the journey the journey to the dock in Galveston went remarkably smoothly, a lot faster than they were expecting, apparently. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, maybe she knew she was on her way to to something good, as opposed to War Sprite, which which kind of famously was like, "Nope, I'm going to run aground, yep. <laughs> not having me." No, it'd be, great. It'd be it's, great for it to be uh, repaired and put yeah. Back in, uh, I mean, yeah, it, good conditions. Uh, I think the only dreadnought battleship. I mean, aside from that, there's like. Mikasa in Japan, which is encased in concrete, obviously, is an example of a pre-dreadnought. But yeah, it's of a, a vanishingly rare species. Yes, indeed. So it'll be great to have it around for a, a, a rather longer time. I just feel bad that in my, in my previous work, I went to Houston maybe 20 times and never went to visit USS Texas. Well, now, next time, well, if you ever do manage to make it back across, yeah. Yeah, if I do, oh. yeah. I highly unlikely, but, uh, yeah. yeah, you never say never. I'm, I'm sure there'll be. I mean, um, the, the, the Battleship Foundation seem to be fairly on the ball with their, their social media stuff and doing stuff online. So uh, I expect we will see, for those people that are interested, probably, like, blog updates and, you know, overviews of the work that's going on. So that'll be, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting to see, especially, uh, like, it's not the kind of thing that you get to see very often, like restoration of a historic warship, especially one that, that actually is going to need that much work. So there might be some very interesting uh, footage and uh, pictures and whatnot that come out of it. Also, apparently Vanguard ran aground as well. I knew I was remembering there was another ship that ran aground on the way to the breakers. That was the, the famous photo where it ran aground next to a pub. In uh, in Portsmouth. I mean, Which... if you're on the ground, then next to a pump, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. There was something fitting about Warspite running around at Prussia Cove. <laughs> I suppose so. So, uh, yeah. And that's basically it from us this week. So uh, where can we find you, Andy, other than on Twitch? Do you have uh, like YouTube? I have a YouTube, same name, Andy the Cupid. It's been a little neglected recently, but I'm now trying to get some more World of Warship stuff on. It's been mostly football, to be fair, for the last uh, year or so, but there are, there is World of Warship stuff on there, and it's gradually, uh, gradually growing. 
And I happen to know that you are on, on Twitter as well for people that just on. Just about, I mean, you there. going live updates is about, yeah, <laughs> about once a month, something else. <laughs> I'm not the most, yeah, socially, social media. Uh, I should be, but I'm, you know, I'm sadly lacking in that respect. Yeah, my my Twitter is mostly for for like uh, posting when I go live and cat pictures. The most important thing. Yeah, yeah, I should I should I should put dog pictures up. That's the one. That's that's, that's how you win definitely. on Twitter. It's just cute animals. Yeah, that's how you draw them in. That's how you hook them. Yeah, and YouTube Shorts work that way as well. Yeah. <laughs> dog opening a stocking or puppy opening a stocking. That's uh, yeah. Doesn't it doesn't get much more YouTube short than that. Definitely. And with that piece of life advice, we're going to call it a night. Thanks, Andy, for joining us. And Thank you for having me here. Have a good night, everyone. Bye.